welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I'm talking to the frontman of an indie rock band that has a knack for churning out those sing-along earworms. With one of the most exciting and energetic shows across the board, they were a staple on every festival stage, and I own more of their merch than any other South African band, so their much-anticipated comeback is making me super excited to break out my T-shirts again. Woo-hoo! I am, of course, talking about Short Straw, and Alistair Thomas joins me today. Alistair, my friend, it's been a long time. How the hell are you? Hi, Tex. How how I'm fine, thanks. Uh, I'm not used to... Uh, it's been a long time since I've uh, done one an interview. So forgive me for being uh, <laughs> not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the last time we sat down and we interviewed each other, you actually turned the tables on me. I don't know if you even remember it. And you ended up interviewing me. So you are very good at this. <laughs> I remember Was that backstage that at Rockin' I... the Daisies? That was backstage at Rocking the Dead. You see, you even remember. Yay. (laughs) I don't remember much else about the Daisies, but I do remember that part. (laughs) We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I think, (laughs) I think, I think off the back of your single that you released at the end of last year, my favorite place. On behalf of the entire South African music scene, I'd like to welcome you back. Cue applause. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. How, how does it feel to be musically kicking again? It feels weird, I won't lie. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a weird two years, but uh, it feels good, you know. It's, uh, we, we're shaking, we're dusting off the cobwebs, you know. Uh, and it took a, a really long time for us to get it together to write and record the album so it's a it's a bit of a relief that it's finally out in the world and uh it feels good yeah good (laughs) to me honestly it feels like you've never left and my favorite place is like this very comfy very like warm blankie you know that you just wrap around you like that's what that's what i thought about when i first heard the track it's very familiar like it's got it's got all the classic tropes of a short straw song and uh, i also really I mean, like the amazing. music video as well uh, thank you like i thought yeah, that the, hey. yeah I, I thought that the music video was a nice touch normally people just drop singles now you know what i mean and like music videos are a little bit too expensive to make and a little bit too yeah. time consuming as well so so talk to me about the music video because firstly am i right in saying that you shot it at your house that's your house right yes that's my house yeah, <laughs> my, my my and I my thought, wife's house. I thought I recognized um, the 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 lounge um, from all of the times that I used to come and say how's it to Fabian, and then I was like, I, I know this place. I know this place. I, must, I have to ask him. I have to ask him about this. Um, so obviously, location scouting was easy. Yes, a very a very easy thing for us to do, and uh, to be honest, it was it was based entirely on convenience, because uh, uh, it, yeah, it was it was always quite pleasant because uh, early call times aren't so fun, but if you don't have to travel, that uh, it takes the, <laughs> the edge off a little bit. But it's funny that you say that because uh, bands and and artists are just dropping singles, and we 
feel a little like out of our depths because we don't know how the hell you're supposed to do it anymore. So, so we, we're trying to kick it old school and do it how we, we, we think we're supposed to do it. But these days, uh, we have absolutely no idea. So, yeah, we were just like, okay, okay we should do a video. So we did a video. <laughs> You know, Alistair, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't think that there is, quote unquote, a way. I think yeah. artists are just kind of like throwing shit out there into the ether and whatever sticks, they're like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> we'll do it this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, know. I do feel like uh, it wouldn't hurt for us to have like a youth on our team that was guiding us in the right direction. But, uh, <laughs> because I mean, you know, we're used to the, you release the album or maybe you do a single and then you release the album as a physical copy. I mean, that's a thing of the past, uh, bur sure. burning CDs to, to try and sell. And then uh, from there you choose your singles and you send those off to the radio stations and you do your music videos and all that stuff. These days it's uh, you got to do it all ahead of time. And uh, we're not very mm. good planners, so <laughs> we, we, we're adapting to try and overcome. <laughs> you know, I had a musician DM me the other day and ask me if I had any contacts to put out physical CDs. And I was like, what? I had to like, do a double take like quickly at the message. And I was like, Ser like seriously? And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, I want to do a cool like throwback like PH Fat used to do when he put out like Dinosaur Blood. And I was like, yo. Yeah, that really is a throwback. Also made me realize how old I am, Alistair. Yeah, I know. Oh, Kicking it old school. I mean, these days it's you're more likely to make a, to press a vinyl than you will to you are to yeah. burn a CD. It's a uh, it's a lot more expensive to do that, <laughs> but but you know, we, we we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> but isn't that crazy? And I I reckon that one day, thing the pendulum will swing again, and things will go back to like CDs, like CDs will be like vinyls are now. Do you know what I mean? And then I'm going to kick I myself don't. for not having those contacts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, at one point they were trying to uh, do a resurgence of cassette tapes, but that didn't really last. <laughs> we, like, we, we, did a, we did a version of a, a cassette tape of one of our albums. And I think uh, old Russ, who's in charge of all our merch, is sitting with most of them still. It's a very novel thing to get is a, is a cassette tape of, of something that exists predominantly online. Yeah, I guess with a cassette, like you're going to need a cassette player, right? And cassette yeah. players, unless you have a Walkman, don't necessarily come by themselves. So they you need don't. to have a cassette player that's attached to like a hi-fi, <laughs> which nobody has anymore. <laughs> so like, I don't know. No, no. And I mean, some people might still have cassette tapes in their cars. Um, I, I think a few people still have CD players in their cars, but I suppose they're doing away with those ah. as well. I saw, I saw someone, a friend of mine on Facebook who... Uh, who has an extensive CD collection, a very impressive CD collection that he had decided to sell and he was, he was getting rid of all of them. I don't know if he successfully sold them because I don't know if anyone's buying them, but it was a very um, admirable CD collection. So if they do make a resurgence, I think he'll feel the most foolish. I think I'll probably feel very <laughs> foolish too because I used to have a gigantic CD collection. Majority of the CDs were actually local. Um, oh, and amazing. I, yeah, I was trying to get rid of them for a really long time. Cause obviously, you know, like working for LMG and then starting up techs in the city, like everybody would yeah. give me CDs back in the day. So I was trying to get rid of it. And then eventually I just dropped it off at like a welfare 
And then um, a friend of mine was like, commented on my on my post that I made ages later and was just like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to like buy some of these or look through them. And I was like, no, I dropped them off at welfare. And he like completely lost his shit at me and was like, well, why would you do that? Like, you never know if there's going to be a resurgence. And I was like, yeah, but I, if you knew how much shit I have at home, I literally <laughs> am, am borderline hoarder. So I need to get rid of the stuff. Like, you can't, I can't just like keep it for a rainy day but anyway i probably am gonna kick yeah. myself i will be the one who will kick myself the most alistair well all, all you'd have to do is then uh, just ask these bands to send them to you again i can assure you every band that pressed physical copies of cds still has at least 50 of them sitting in their basement or their attic do you guys still have yeah we have so many we <laughs> we have so many <laughs> that we actually uh, now if someone buys a t-shirt that we we force a cd on them just just to try and get rid of them so of course i want to talk about the new stuff but what we like to do here at text talks right is we like to take things back so all right i'm gonna need you to take me all the way back to your early days when short okay. straw was called that's what your mother said last night. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I did not know this. I found this out. Um, so, so talk to me about A, this very questionable band name, and then B, the first thing that popped into your mind when I brought up this name. Uh, the first thing that popped into my mind when you brought up the name. Yes. <laughs> I was a, a, a good sleuthing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, it was, yes, it probably not the most well thought out name. I think we played one gig under that moniker. Actually, I think we might not even have played a gig. I think we were talked out of it by someone far more sensible than Ali or me at the time. Um, that was when we had written one song, which was called Low Your Standards and Go Fuck Yourself. So we figured, you know, we could get away with a, with a, a daft name. Um, but then we wrote a few other songs and, uh, and then just just realized that maybe it was it wasn't the um, it wasn't the most sensible band name. Although I mean it's a talking point, <laughs> and uh, I remember making little posters for for those, and it was basically just um, really big things next to really small things, and then you, I put little speech bubbles next to the small things. Um, so I put no, I lie. What the fuck did I do? I can't remember, but it was two people standing next to something that's really big, and someone would say, "That's really big," and then the other one would say, "That's what your mother said last night," and that was the that was like the flyer for the show that we never played. Um, that's what we were called. Uh, that was that was uh, me and Ollie Nathan when we started the band back in probably two thousand and six. I think Jesus. that probably was in two thousand and six. Yeah, and uh, with with not intention of playing shows, which is why maybe we um, we didn't take it that seriously. Hence the band name. Uh, yeah, then yeah, some weed was probably involved. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot yeah, of it sense. It all ties it together, right? And also, like maybe a dop or two, because listen, Alistair, I remember I saw <laughs> Short Straw perform at the Bow, oh. the original yes. Bow, for the yes. first time eleven years ago, back in like twenty eleven, and I remember That's thinking. Sweet. Damn, this band have something, but wow, that lead singer is so pissed. <laughs> and listen, yeah, I, mean, I was pissed yeah. at the time too, right? Like, I, I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest. But 
the whole performance in the grander scheme of things made sense. And I'm sure that, you know, like those early days were a jaw. And I remember yeah. you met, you mentioned lower your standards and go fuck yourself. And I clearly yeah. remember you singing that. And I'll be honest, next to Keanu Reeves, which we'll also talk about later, it's probably my favorite <laughs> short straw song. So Hey, thanks. Tell me a little bit about the Bohemian. Yeah, so the Bo uh, it was an institution, you know. It's like uh, it's it, it, there's a Bohemian shaped hole in my heart since it's uh, since it left oh. us. But uh, when it was the OG Bohemian in Richmond in Joburg, I was living in Melville, um, which so I was like a matter of blocks away from the place. So we would literally play there as often as we could because hey, it was a, a live music venue. I mean, a thing of the past, right? You don't get those anymore. <laughs> Um, but uh, so, so we, we were playing there at least once a month, sometimes more than that. And along the way, we you forge these friendships with these bands that are playing these shows with you. So, I mean, like tens, tens of bands. I wouldn't say hundreds, but that would be exaggerating. Tens of bands that we became really good friends with. And we'd often share the bill with the same bands. And I think what would happen is that, you know, you always have to do the little that awkward conversation at the beginning of the night where you're like, okay, who's going to play first? Who's going to play last? And who's going to get that golden spot that, uh, in the middle? Because mm-hmm. there's always three bands. There was, uh, that, was the, that was the limit. And, um, you know, sometimes you play first, that's fine. Sometimes you play last. And I think when you saw us at the bow, we were playing last because that tended to, that tended to be the, the drunker of the shows. <laughs> of them. When you play first, <laughs> then you're kind of sober. The audience is a little bit sober. Play second, everyone's really in the, in the element. And then we play last, it's like, a lot of people have left by that point, and whoever hasn't um, is drunk, uh, including the band playing. So that was, I think, that's when you when you saw us. But I really just wanted to say that I missed the bow. Um, I have very fond memories of the place. We, we literally grew up as a band at that venue, so special. Funnily enough, when the, when the bow moved to where Back to Basics was, I mean, if you don't live in the northern suburbs of Joburg, or sent whatever northwestern in the parks area in Joburg, then none of this means anything to you. But when the with the Bohemian moved to a bar that was called Back to Basics, which was also an institution in its own, but it was not, it didn't have the same uh, clout. Not clout. Oh, that's the word. Uh, it didn't feel the same. It wasn't the same as the boat. But it moved to Back to Basics, and when it moved to Back to Basics, I lived a few blocks away from there as well. So huh, it's that wasn't that interesting a story. I'm fine if you cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no we're definitely keeping that in <laughs> <laughs> okay great <laughs> i think that um the first time that i went to the bow which was actually the the original bow which was the night that i saw you guys play was the first time uh-huh. i came up to johannesburg for work and i was still working as uh, a writer was I the editor at the time I can't remember of your LMG and yes. it was the first time that we had featured uh, a Joburg band on the cover and it was Shadow Club and we shot them Ravi Panchia shout out Ravi ah, amazing photographer I'm a Ravi, yeah. shot the cover at the boat during the day uh, what at, yeah, yeah, which was amazing. So, ex- yeah, and the guys from Shadow Club kept saying, like, oh, my God, it's so weird being here during the day. Like, we've never been in here before when, like, the sun is up. 
Um, <laughs> especially Jacques. Jacques was walking around like, I'm very confused as to what's going on right now. Why am I still not sleeping? Um, but it was such a rad, it was such a rad shoot. And I, I liked the space so much. And we had a pizza and then we had a few drinks afterwards. And the bartender was like, yeah, you should definitely come back here later because there's a band playing. And then dear old Chris Mader was like, uh, we have to go to the Bohemian tonight because it's band playing called Short Straw that I know you're going to love. So shout out Chris Mader for changing my life and introducing Ah. me to Short Straw. Oh, Chris, bless his heart. Shout out. (laughs) (laughs) And bless, I mean, because we played at the Bo so often, we made friends with 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 the waiters. So... Um, I'm very grateful that they also kind of did a little little PR for us then as well. Um, and the pizzas were really good. Shout out to the Bose pizzas. They had a thing called a Basil Mania, and it was, uh, let me tell you, very good. <laughs> and the chili sauce. The chili, when the chili sauce comes in a Valpre bottle, that's when you know it's good. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, listen, I think the bow aside, right, because it sounds like yes. the bow was a really big feature in Short Straw's <laughs> history as a band. I think something yeah. that also really changed the trajectory of Short Straw, but also a hell of a lot of other bands in the country, was MCAR. I mean, I talk extensively oh, yeah, about MCAR on Text Talks because, yeah. I mean, you know, Fokov, Hervils, Van Koch, Desmond the Tutus. You know, you can add Short Straw to that list. Like, these are all of the bands that really benefited from MCAR and their support. Yeah, I know. Like, Zebra and Giraffe, Astro Electric. You know, like, oh. the list goes on and on. It was, and also, kudos to you for saying MCAR, not MK. Ha-ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the SOTI yeah, still M- has it. MCAR 89. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, yeah no, I, I 100% agree. It was a uh, – I've also got an MK, MCAR shaped hole in my heart because I miss that channel so much. Because it was uh, it was great. Uh, it, it was literally something that changed the entire landscape of South African music, South African alternative music, I guess. Mm. I don't know how much pop they played. Mm. I mean, yeah. it, they even had those super cool award shows in Pretoria when you guys won like a bunch of awards. Mm. I remember, I remember from going to those ceremonies, which was yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a, it was a special time. We we got to go to two two MK Awards, MK Awards uh, ceremonies, and we were lucky enough to win at both of them. But yeah, that's why also it, 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 it propelled us, you know. Um, we still got MK Award winner on our bio, man. <laughs> it was a big deal for us, you know. It was, you really? it was the first award we had ever won. Yeah. Oh. I've still, I'm at my office, I've got, uh, I've, we've got the little MK Awards sits on our mantle. <laughs> yeah. That's so rad. I and, mean, I would too and if I won an MK Award. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And at High C Studio, um, it's quite funny. Our little MK Award sits next to Desmond and the Tudor Sama Award <laughs> at High C's, which is the studio that us and Desmond both record at. Uh, shout out High C's, uh, shout out Jackie. Uh, very, very special studio as well. Yay, shout out High C's. And now, just a quick side note because I have some super exciting news. Over at Text Talks, we get a huge number of artists reaching out to us to highlight their amazing content. And because we plan our seasons quite far in advance, we often can't accommodate requests to spotlight some of the amazing up-and-coming talents South Africa, Africa, and the world has to offer. And so we started Text Talks Extra. 
Talks Extra has gone on to become its own beast and thanks to all of your support, we are super excited to announce that our friends in the culture of humor have stepped up to collaborate with us for the next season of Text Talks Extra, launching on the 14th of February. Puma have been at the very forefront of the culture through iconic collabs with the likes of Nomzamo Mabata, Winnie Harlow, Dua Lipa and Cara Delevingne, to Nintendo and even my fave sweeties Haribo, while always looking toward being more sustainable in the pursuit of their biodegradable shoe experiments. I mean, this is the brand that bought us Suede, a fashion icon that's been a staple since its first drop in the 70s. Finally, keep your finger on that refresh button on Puma's Insta. Rumor has it with restrictions easing more and more, select sessions might just be happening live and in person at their flagship Bramfontein store, so don't say we didn't warn you. We are stoked to be collaborating with Puma again and can't wait to bring you only the freshest content on Tech Talks Extra, including all the happenings in the land of Puma for 2022. Whether it's their latest collab, hashtag select sessions, hashtag suede Sundays, or just a reminder that she moves us. Catch all the drops on at Puma South Africa on Insta or wherever you follow the iconic cat. And now, back to the show. I don't think that we could talk about like the defining period of Short Straw's career with Good Morning Sunshine without talking about Couch Potato. And Bikini Weather. I feel Mm -hmm. like those are two definitive Short Straw hits. But... I want to know if there's one song that you would happily strike from your set list forever. <laughs> Every band has that one song. Which song would that be for you? I'm afraid to tell you it's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> oh, damn it, <laughs> because, um, That song was very... <laughs> um, yeah, you'll ask any other guys in the band. They'll probably all say the same thing, I'm afraid. <laughs> because uh, that song was 100% written as a joke. Um, we used to we used to play it at the end of every practice. This was when we still practiced in my room at my mom's house in 07, 08 maybe. Um, and we, we would ch- change the lyrics every time because like by the end of the practice you're a bit goofed and you're a bit drunk and whatever, whatever. So it'd be a hell of a lot of fun to just like ad lib, um, ad lib a song about Keanu Reeves and Felicia, etc. Uh, but and then we played it at a show kind of as a joke and then it kind of went down well then we recorded it and then people were like oh this is a cool song um and then it uh, and then it became a thing where we've tried to leave it out of sets but like 99 percent of the time you you get an oak in the crowd that goes oh Pekiani! um <laughs> which we love you know i mean it's, it's amazing that people know us well enough to know a song and request it because we haven't played it but it's it's probably the song that we um We'd, uh, we, we, we'd scrap from the set list if we could. It's like, we used to call it the Freshly Ground song because the piano, maybe it was when it started, it sounded <laughs> a bit like that. Um, uh, Whatever that song's called. We were like, oh yeah, Freshly yeah, Ground. Yeah, that's <laughs> Taking the first yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, <laughs> And then, uh, but, but with lyrics about Keanu Reeves and going down on him and, uh, you know. Um, 
I've went off on a tangent there. But basically, very grateful that there's a song that people like of ours, but we wish it was one that had like some (laughs) a little bit more technique to it. (laughs) But it's fun. No, did you write a song about? Did you write a song about John Cusack? Is my memory serving me correctly? Yeah, we did also do a song about John Cusack. In our new album, I've got one about Kurt Russell. Well, I mean, it's a reference to Kurt Russell. But uh, yeah, on the it was on Youthless. We did it was a song called um, fuck, what's it called? Uh, Say anything. Say anything. Oh, the movie. Obviously, John Cusack was the guy holding the boombox up over his head. So, man, iconic scene. So basically, what you're trying to do by writing a song about John Cusack. And then about Kurt Russell is you're trying to make people forget about Keanu Reeves, but they're not going to forget about Keanu Reeves, Alistair. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. You can write a song about anybody. Maybe if you write a song about Nicolas Cage, people will forget about Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, I, was, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like pop, pop culture references. Um, I, I'm a very nostalgic person. Otherwise, it would be singing about John Wick as opposed to Speed. And Rocky, which Keanu Reeves isn't in. (laughs) Hence why it's just a stupid fucking song. I do think that Keanu Reeves has aged Mm. really well because think about like where he is now in his career. I mean, the Matrix side, because that movie is horrendous. But think about John Wick. Like, just think about his general (laughs) sexiness and how he's aged. I feel like, I feel like maybe you could do. Yeah, oh my God, always be my maybe. Love that movie. Love that movie. Um, I think that you could potentially do, I mean, float this by the band. Let me know what they say. But I feel like an update on Keanu Reeves could be cool. So like Keanu Reeves, but 2.0. You know what I mean? Yes, it has It has been attempted. Um, and I wrote lyrics for it, but then I um, I lost them and I forgot them, obviously. But I must, I will, I will one day do a little uh, reversioning of it. Um, but I mean, Keanu Reeves has has, has blossomed. No, I mean he blossomed what? long before we wrote a song about him. But you know, he's just like the internet's fallen completely head over heels in love with the guy for good reason. Um, so yeah, yeah. Look, we we called it. <laughs> um, but I don't think I don't know if he's ever I don't know if he's ever heard the song. We should try. We should try and just see. Uh, don't get me started because I will go on a campaign and make sure that Keanu Reeves hears the song. I wonder if he's active on social media. I feel like I feel like he's the type of person who's just so mysterious that you know, like social yeah. media is just not his thing. Like he doesn't even know how to use a computer. Yeah, I like I, I would imagine Keanu Reeves to be that guy. You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's better than he's better than social media. Yeah, definitely, definitely better than social media. <laughs> there's also, I mean, fun fact about that song. There's a reference to a walk in the clouds, which uh, he, which, which Charlize Theron is not in. Charlize, uh, we mentioned that she's Char- in it. I know. Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank <laughs> you a, for bringing a, that up. A, a walk to remember. There's a, one of one of the, there's there's a movie with him and her. It's not it's not a walk in the clouds. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it quick. Isn't it a walk to remember where, like, one of them, I think, like, she's got brain cancer or something? Uh, I mean, no, Google it, Google sounds it. about right. Oh, yeah, so mm-hmm. Walk in the Clouds. Who's even the other person in Walk in the Clouds? Their name doesn't Some, like, Spanish the chick. It's just Keanu, yeah. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, yeah, I don't even recognize her. 
Keanu's, oh, it's a bad quality picture that I've done. But here we go. Where's the actors? Sorry, I'm, like I, I told you already, I'm, I'm not good at this. No, Walking this is clowns. fascinating and we need to find Al out who this Her name is Altana Sanchez Gijon. See, uh, I told you some Spanish. So that, it doesn't roll off the tongue as well as Charlize. Charlize, Keanu is better than you, goddamn Charlize. Yes, I'm singing to you. <laughs> That's how much I love that song. Um, no, it's, it sounds great. <laughs> oh, Sweet November is the movie that he was in with, with Charlize Theron. Ah. All right, a workaholic executive ah. in an unconventional. That's it. So yeah, maybe when I reversion it, I'll put in the correct movie. Um, let's let's move on from Keanu Reeves. Shame. Have you ever watched Steve Harvey's Family Feud? I have watched. I've, I've watched a, a, a few episodes of Family Feud, but not all of them. I watched the first episode of the South African Family Feud. Welcome to Family Feud, South Africa, everybody. I'm your man, Steve Harvey. <laughs> I was going to ask you, have you watched the South African Family Feud? Because it's amazing. And all the questions are like geared towards South African stuff. And obviously Steve Harvey like doesn't know our 11 official languages, doesn't know like no what the hell is going on when you talk about like lock, well, load shedding. He's like, what's that? And people are like, that's when the government turns off the power for half of the day. And he's like, what? what? I don't understand. Um, and oh, one gosh. of the questions on Family Feud was, what happens during uh, a, a Zoom call? And then you had to talk about, well, you obviously had to mention the five things, common things that would happen during a Zoom call. The one was load shedding, which I thought was hysterical. And by that time, I think now we're on season two. So Steve Harvey actually knows what load shedding is. And he's like, eh, okay. load shedding. He's like, nice. I know what that is. And the number one most common thing that happens during a Zoom call is the screen will freeze, um, which I thought yes. was interesting. And also what I thought you would appreciate because you're sitting in Joburg and I've heard a hundred of them in, in the background is Hardy does. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That one clip of Pharrell just being completely defeated by the Hardy does outside his hotel window was uh, oh uh, very good. I do in my house. I've got this. Uh, we've got this big acacia tree in like the middle of our house, which is a blessing and a curse because it's great, but it also houses the Hardy Dow family, sure. and they shit everywhere. Uh, there is, apart from their their cawing, their their, their sounds, they have, they produce a lot of shit. These Hardy does. Um, yeah. and it's uh, like bird shit. Uh, you always see it, but you never really smell it. Hardy Dow shit, you can smell. I'll tell you that. It is uh, yeah. unpleasant. That's that's one thing that I do not miss about living in Joburg is being woken up uh -huh. at ungodly hours by Hardy Dars outside my window. And also, I used to live in Craig Hall, and right outside my window was a beautiful patch of grass, but like swampy grass, and they love Ooh. sticking their becks into that because it's like full of wormy worms and like nice things oh, yeah. to eat. So, so like at four o'clock in the morning on like a Delicious. Sunday morning, I'd be like, ah, Jesus. <laughs> no. God, no, that does, no. that's no life. So you don't, you don't get Hardy Dars in Cape Town? We get seagulls uh, if you're by the, oh, the yes. ocean, which I currently that am. Makes sense. Um, okay. But in, in town where I live, uh, you don't really get any bird sounds. I live in a one way next to the delivery entrance for Woolworths. So I get beeping trucks. That's what I get. 
Okay, that's that's Fun not times. that bad. <laughs> beep, beep, All right. Beep, beep. The sound of a fucking truck backing up at four o'clock in the morning to deliver all the ready-made meals. Oh, Alistair, it's a problem. No, you live in Melville, right? I live in Melville. I live a block up from where Romeo's was. Shame. Uh, the Romeo's, I think, exists, <laughs> but it hasn't been open for almost a year, which is a, a major blow to uh being social in johannesburg um but they're a block away i could never actually hear them but there's a there's like a bar next door to them that that blasts the music it doesn't i'm a deep sleeper it doesn't wake me up i'm fine <laughs> but no but, but you know what but you did make you did make a very good point about romeo's um because i just feel like <sighs> covid fucked so many things up right and it's mm. pretty much like annihilated our scene and and the venues that are still open and the bands that are still going, what COVID did was it drew a very solid line in the sand between professional musicians and people who who do music as a hobby. And people who do music as a hobby, like that's pretty much all but disappeared. You know what I mean? Um, Unless Mm -hmm. you've got like a really good day job and then you kind of do it like on the side, you know, and music is not like your number one. But I feel like the professional musicians – Unless your Cubs are the small and Maporisa really suffered, like like yeah. hectically. And I mean, where do you where do you perform now as a musician? Because I see that you guys you're getting getting back on the horse, you're getting back on the road, and you know you're you're gearing up to release your new album. And I see that you're yeah. um, you're performing at something called Some Sundays on a wine farm. Huh? <laughs> when? <laughs> Uh, are you? <laughs> I'm, this this, this sure is the first time I'm hearing about that. I mean, Hang it sounds on, wait. awesome. <laughs> wait, I, I am, I'm googling this. Some, um, I kind of, I mean, I kind of hope you're right wrong. because that sounds awesome, but I have not heard about that. Did I get confused? Yeah, I got confused. Okay, so you're not playing that. Okay. It's Matthew, Desmond, Year of Dog. Yeah, no, I got confused. A King, you're A King. A King I mean, making you, a comeback. <laughs> Yeah, A King never went anywhere. I tell you what, they're top class, top class. Uh, as are every, as are all the bands that are on that lineup. Um, and forgiven for getting uh, a bunch of white indie oaks confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But like, um, but uh, do you find that it's difficult to sort of now that we've established that you're not playing it some Sundays? Um, do you find it? <laughs> have you found it difficult to sort of get back on the horse and and get back into the scene? Yeah, it, it's it's like it's genuinely been really fucking difficult. It's been difficult for us to even just get together to record, uh, which is something that that doesn't require a venue and an audience for. Just because you get these lockdowns, then you get paranoid, and then um, you got like normal like we so we are one of those bands we've all got day jobs this is i, I wish that short straw was our full-time job but uh, it's unfortunately not so we d- doing all the shit that went down we tended to focus on on the, the old good old reliable nine to five you know so it's and we haven't played a show we played one show in 2020 in in november with prime circle at monte casino which was an attempt at a pod those pod shows so you, you book pod a pod with, with your friends yeah. yeah which was basically just a little like 20 square 20 square meter scaffolding thing where you and three friends could sit um, and it was a fucking amazing concept but i think it was a little beyond joburg's kind of it was also really expensive because to do that it costs a lot of money so the tickets were really mm. expensive 
and you're so disconnected from the crowd and we hadn't played a show in a year um, and it, that was like really weird um, but it was like at least a responsible attempt at playing a show so we were, we were keen to try but it, it, it wasn't for us and uh, then uh, then we were like cool we'll just focus on doing the album <laughs> and in like eight months we recorded two songs or something and then um, and then we were gearing up to to coincide a, a show with the release of the first song with the favorite place um, and we mm-hmm. were going to do it at Hell's Kitchen because there aren't a hell of a lot of live music venues left around Joburg and Hell's Kitchen would have been a nice little intimate little setting which in hindsight was like a couldn't be a super spreader because you only fit maybe 100 people in there but it would have been a spreader um, and the whole Omicron <laughs> thing kind of happened at the exact same time so we had to we had to cancel the one and only show for 2021 uh, which broke my heart um, and that was that was literally it hey? so we we haven't we didn't play a single show last year um, but now that uh, now that stuff it's the kind of calming down again we're really we're really hoping to um, to get back on that horse you know that good old horse <laughs> that good old that good old horse uh, so are you hmm. currently planning a tour has a tour been planned can you even plan a tour yeah. in in the age of omnicron <laughs> explain to me what is happening yeah it's really it's really difficult to commit to something um that would potentially happen in like six to eight weeks <laughs> or mm. even longer i think like i said we're not good at planning and foresight but uh yeah who knows what the hell's going to be happening in three months time so we're kind of taking on a, on a show by show basis at this point um and we have a show coming up that we aren't we haven't hasn't been announced yet so i can't say what it is but uh we're very very excited for it um and uh, but there's another spanner in the works is that Tom, our guitarist, a very handsome guitarist, so hot right now, is um, has relocated overseas to. He's currently in America, but he's got intentions of being in the UK or the or America, and maybe he'll come back. He's very. He's also he's he's not good at uh, committing to things, <laughs> ladies. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> He's got, he's got a girlfriend, um, but he's so he's overseas. So we're in the process of uh, training up uh, a fill-in uh, touring guitarist to to join us. And once he's once we've got we're, once we're up to scratch and you know good at good at it again, hopefully, then then yeah, then who? Hey, the world's our oyster. Well, the the, the province is our oyster. <laughs> I don't know. The country's our oyster. So hopefully we'll we'll play something like uh, the, what, the some Sundays. What was the what was it? <laughs> Yeah, some Sundays. Sounds like a good job, hey? Some Sundays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully in the next kind of three to six months, we'll we'll have that show locked in. A girl can dream. Tell me, who is um, who is this uh, young budding guitarist that you're training up? Hmm? Oh, so he's a, a friend of ours, a fucking great guitarist, and he plays in a very good band called uh, Satanic Dako Orgy, among others. He's, a, he's very talented. His name's... I know his name's Jean Luca technically, but we all know him as Zam Boney. Um, Zam, top top class, top class guy. So yeah, oh, he's, uh, he's Zam Boney, my favorite Stromboni Italian. Amazing, that's such <laughs> great news. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. We figured uh, let's uh, let's let's keep it close to home. It's, it has to be a friend. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you guys have always kept it in-house like that like when oliver left and yeah we got jakey tom tom's best friend jakey yeah yeah 
But Jake's been with you guys forever, so I don't want to talk about it like he hasn't. Yes, because it's a family, you know. You see so much of fucking each other. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Jake has been with us since 2014. So, yeah, it's been... Fuck, it's 2022 already. How wild is that? Eight years he's been with us. Wow. I feel like after your hiatus, uh, you know, you were really able to like step back and make the band fit into your own personal schedules. Like as opposed to maybe in the beginning having to work the other way around, around the band schedule, you know. Um, but how how important has it been for you to prioritize, for all of you to prioritize your individual careers? Like to find that personal life band balance. I, I think it, it might be easier because, you know, you all have pretty pretty great thriving careers. So I guess it's easier that way when it's not your bread and butter. Look, it, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been really tricky, actually. I mean, I was, uh, Tom and Jakey were, uh, they, they're four years younger than the rest of us. So they, they kind of didn't put their careers on hold, but they, they were kind of doing a 50-50 duel where it was, band taking up a hell of a lot of time you don't get a weekend you don't get weeknights because you're practicing or you're doing whatever whatever um so it was quite mm-hmm. full on and then the tmk thing was it was the hiatus was justified after that i think we we quite foolishly killed ourselves by literally not writing the album <laughs> and and committing to releasing something once a month with with a music video so yeah so like it, it wore us out a little bit i think we were a little burnt out by the end of it but what the hiatus really was was for jakey and tom to have the opportunity to really pursue their actual their their, their careers um and they've both really successfully done it and this is actually why tom's moved overseas is because he's this shit hot cinematographer like one of the top ones in the country commercials dop you know so uh, it, and it's very well deserved if you follow him on instagram he takes these phenomenal photos and he's a fantastic dop um and he's mm-hmm. got the i don't want to say greener pastures they're just dollar pastures and and pound pastures that are overseas um which is what that calling has been so he's not gone for good but uh, so hopefully we'll still be able to write to them but performing's probably not going to happen so sorry i went off on a tangent there so and then jakey started this great uh, paid media company uh, that's also doing really well so i mean these dudes are thriving um and the rest of us are thriving too gad started a candy company in the interim uh, russ is still doing his vibe with the, with the bioscope um uh, my company's going well um so it's, it's it's been very difficult to be so career centered and then now trying to reintroduce the band into it it's, it's been really tricky so it has needed uh, uh one or two of us to kind of remind everyone that it's still important you know and uh th- there's a reason why we, we didn't break up you know we just went on a hiatus so we want to carry on writing and recording and performing um but uh, it's just taking and then fucking covid happened you know so like as we were about to get back on that old horse again um we weren't allowed to so and then so that made it really fucking difficult as well because we were then in that mind space of okay band's still secondary at this point um because we because you no know, because we can't play <laughs> you know you know you're not allowed to so we were very much um very much f- not forced but like kind of uh f- led to believe that it it wasn't the primary thing so now that we finally got it together to actually put this album out um i think we can we can start bringing it a little bit more to the foreground again um and now that we're allowed to play shows again kind of you know it's something that we want to be doing and we will be doing. There you go. Positive, positive outlook, positive 
No, was it positive? Positive something, positive outlook. I don't know. There's a thing. To think positive thoughts. No, I don't fucking know. There we go. Think positive thoughts. But I want to take a second to talk about Gad's Candy. Gaddle's Candy yes. Company. The reason that I'm probably going to have diabetes. No, I joke. He's now making <laughs> sugar-free candy. Oh, my God, yes. Gad. Give me all the candy. Yeah. What the hell? This man is a genius. Like, I so obviously uh, I, I I have a problem now with candy, <clears throat> um, thanks to Gad, and I get it from the Empire Shop. They give me my fix monthly um, in in Woodstock. Really amazing merch store that if you haven't been to check it out, you need to. But how did Gad become like the candy king overnight? Like what happened, Alistair? <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't overnight gad has had a an addiction to candy since i've known him um <laughs> and whenever we tour he would always go on like you go to the airport we will go for a beer or a cigarette or something and he'll go to Candyland. what's it called the um sweets from heaven he'll he'll go to sweets from heaven, sweets from heaven. and yeah, yeah and he'll go and spend an absolute fortune there uh, <laughs> trying to do that and then when we eventually we got to tour overseas he realized that there was this there was just a complete absence of hard candy in south africa uh which he noticed because he's this candy aficionado um so he would mm-hmm. so i mean our, gad's gad's an interesting man like he, <laughs> you think you know gad until you spend some time with gad and then you kind of like okay um but uh, he's he's pursued various different careers um and the dude is he's like a math genius which is a little tidbit that maybe some people don't know why would you know that uh, so he could very successfully go and be like an actuary or a ca or something if you wanted to but he has no desire to work for someone else he wanted to work for himself so blah 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 after yada yada yeah i watched that one episode of Seinfeld. um yada 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 he <laughs> covid da, da, da. and then uh, he started like fiddling around with making sweets and he figured out how to make hard candy and uh, hey it's a hit. actually funny funny story that weird potter show that mm-hmm. we played at monte casino was the first time uh, i think he sold a jar that was a the, the, that's the date that he'll remember that's that's why he'll remember that day not not because of the show no respect to the show no disrespect to the <laughs> no respect no disrespect to the show organizers it was a fantastic initiative um but gad will remember it as the day that he sold his first candy jar um which is a which has been a great success and he does all these weird and wonderful flavors and he does it all pretty much himself these days i think as well which is very admirable and it's taking off and i think what's really going to kind of push him into the stratosphere of the of hard candy is that he discovered through a, a, a diabetic client that the, his uh, sugar-free stuff is good for diabetics. Um, so if there are diabetics that are craving something sickly sweet, <laughs> not sickly, <laughs> not sickly sweet, but just like very sweet, like a nice little piece of hard candy, if they get the, the sugar-free ones, as far as I could tell, they are fine for them, which is amazing. Gads. Fizzy soda and that's the story of the Gaddles Cat Company. Is incredible. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And I'm so happy that I asked you that question because everybody listening, if you are looking for good candy, please go check out Gad, 
Gaddle's Candy Company. It's incredible. They've got a very, very cool uh, Instagram page as well, which is where I keep up to date on all my new flavors. But enough about me. Um, <laughs> I know that you're poised to release your new album, finally. And like finally. I said, my favorite place I think it was very smart to release that first because it it gave us everything that we love about Short Straw. I mean, like the rhythms, the lyrics, the melodies, like I said, everything, the, the classic Short Straw. But give me the scoop about what the rest of the album is like. What can we expect from what we're going to hear? Because I know that there are a lot of people who are frothing to hear new stuff. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say that. Um, we did we did think quite long and hard about which one to release first, and that one did make sense for the exact reasons that you listed. So I'm glad that came across. Um, but the rest of the album, it's quite funny because um, it's it's an album that's been written over the course of like the last seven years. You know, there, there's some songs on there that were B-sides from Youthless, which we wrote in 2014, 2015. Um, that didn't that we kind of I had recordings on my cell phone like bad little voice notes that I fortunately didn't delete because I too am a hoarder um, and I was uh, and because practicing jamming you know writing together wasn't necessarily a thing that we could do in the height of COVID you know you can't get into a small room a sweaty room with five people um, so we were forced to mm. kind of make up, we had maybe half, we had written half an album, we didn't want to do an EP, we wanted to do an album. Um, so we were, we were searching for these other six songs that, um, that we could fill the album with. And that's, so that's what, so it's maybe a little disjointed, but fuck, it, all our albums are disjointed. And no one, I don't even know if anyone's going to listen for, to an album from start to finish these days anyway. So, <laughs> you know, but although I do still think it kind of works together and we've always been a little kind of schizophrenic in, in our sound. It's a, actually, you were born of when, when you were editor of LNG, um, you said to us, uh, Make up your fucking mind. Are you a comedy band or are you an indie band? And it was, I mean, it's a question that's haunted <laughs> me for years <laughs> because, because it's, oh, it's a very fucking valid question. <laughs> and, um, but, but so at what the end of the you? day, I think the, the, the we're fucking both of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you know, at this point, because I mean, like, Blink-182 was the band I listened to the most when I was in high school, which is the early 2000s, um, the very early 2000s. And they fucking did it, you know, and they're one of the biggest bands in the world. And so, fuck, if they're allowed to, then why can't we as well? Fuck you, Tech Lab. We can be both. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 we enjoy a ballad. We've, we've always got at least one ballad on, on our albums, sometimes two or three. And... Um, we we like pop punk, you know, and we've tried to interpret pop punk into the indie kind of sound that we've got going. And then we like the little jingle jangle indie stuff too, you know. So, and, mm. you know, I, I've, I've always assumed, and I think you, you kind of can assume as a band with fans, your fans would hypothetically have a similar taste in music to the people in the band. Mm. So I, I, I would imagine, I mean, that's not necessarily true, but like maybe... <laughs> So, like, and if we if we think one of our songs will work, even though it's not necessarily our typical sound, we we, we put the trust in in the people listening to. If they don't like it, fucking press next. You know that's fine. Uh, mm. But uh, yeah, so there, there's there's multiple kind of genres on on the album, which 
I, well, I, th I find quite exciting because, I mean, a lot of people also go, oh, all this band's songs sound the same. And, I mean, that's been said about us plenty. But on this album, at least three of them sound different to each other. Because <laughs> there's a ballad, there's like fucking, like, what do you call it? Uh, new metal. <laughs> like I'll take on new metal. It's not fucking new metal at all. Hey, but it's and then my um, kind of shit. And then there's yeah, and then they are like Olympus, um, <laughs> and then there's like the typical kind of like indie stuff, you know. Um, yeah, with the ballads. So I, I'm very excited to put it out. I like I, I with all albums. I think all bands will say it as well. It's it's the most exciting album that I think we've done. I think it's it's. Because it's fucking, it's stuff that's spanned the course of so long. Like there's, Favorite Place was a song we wrote recently. We wrote that like a year ago. Um, but then the, uh, so is the next single. Sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. Um, but there are I songs love your tangent. that. <laughs> uh, there's a song that we wrote. <laughs> I mean, I'll find the voice note. It was recorded in like 2014 or 2015 that Russ remembered. And I went and dug out the voice recording and I was like, well, that could maybe work. And that's going to be not the next single, but it's going to be the one that comes out with the album in a couple of months. So, I mean, I, th I think that's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think it's, I think it's cool too, Alistair. I think it's cool too. Okay. And I'm so Thank happy that, that this episode of Text Talks could be your first foray back into the media spotlight because I'm sure that you're going to be doing plenty more of these interviews to come down the line. Yeah. But, but none of them will be um, as special. I will assure you of that. No, never. Fuck, <laughs> they won't. Um, but yeah. hopefully, like, I can catch you at a gig sometime soon, maybe at some Sundays. Uh, you know, some, some Sundays, <laughs> that's fine, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe you'll bring back, like, Boosh for one special gig i don't know uh, that would be fucking i'll tell dope. you it broke my I, heart eh? those when we were supposed to play our one and only man, when we were supposed to play our, our one and only show of last year we we so wanted it to be a bush um and we were in the process like the marks park people were even open to us doing it in that empty pool again which is like the one bush that oh, we all remember man. um and then fucking omicron came and then we couldn't do it and our tom's overseas so but maybe we'll do it with them so you know, only time will tell. Who's that handsome boy with the handsome curls? His handsome smile means he gets all the girls. But he's not interested in any of that. He loves to give love and to get love back.
strife Oh, she sleeps all day but has this can-do attitude She's sleeping around but wears a ring from a rally, rally, rally Text with a double X. 